Hey, welcome in everybody, welcome in. Week 15, Total Coverage. That's right, the Total Coverage Podcast, Week 15 edition, part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. So happy and, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that SiriusXM Podcast Network because Total Coverage is one of those podcasts that will give you a little bit of everything. We preview, we review, we got guests, we do it all. But man, we're going to be talking about Christmas week, right? Week 16, NFL season, where everything is laid out in front of everybody. We know who are, who's playing to get in, who's maybe playing themselves out. And possibly, I'm going to talk about at the end, some people who have maybe screwed up their fortunes for the future, but we'll get to that at the end of the pod. Remember, the Total Coverage Podcast. You can find it on the new SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcast. But if you go to that SiriusXM app, make sure, remember, click up top, podcast. When you see podcast, you click on it, type in Total Coverage, and that's where you'll find my Total Coverage Podcast with myself, Kirk Morrison, the eight-year NFL veteran. Um, and look, this week, week 15 is uh, now finished. It's in the books. And there's a couple performances I want to highlight. A couple guys that I just want to just give them some recognition. And always my news and notes kind of a couple things that I always I find kind of catch my attention. But first, I've got a pleasure of, of, of a guy who I cannot wait to talk to. You have no idea. I played with this guy on Madden. All right. Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl, the beginning stages of Madden. He was on there. Uh, we both share the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm not, so I think we should share it <laughs> as well. Uh, but the great Buffalo Bill wide receiver, one of the game's best wide receivers, Andre Reed. Man, how we doing, Andre? Long time, brother. How you been? Yeah, man. How you doing, Kirk? I'm doing good. Uh, holidays is always a great time to um, you know, celebrate the year. We, we As we were speaking off, off uh, camera, um, this is really, we got to dig really deep to find something great about 2020. Right. Believe me, there's not, there's not too many good things that have happened, um, right at the start of 2020, um, in January, it just seemed like it was a downhill, a downhill trail there. And then just fighting uphill, uh, most of the time this year. And we can't, I can't wait for 2020 to be out of here, uh, and start fresh. Uh, you know, a lot of people during this pandemic have lost loved ones, haven't been able to see their loved ones. Um, financially, people have lost jobs and mm -hmm. mom and pop stores have closed, had opened, closed. They don't know what they're doing there. Um, there's just been a lot of stuff going on. But you know what? He's preparing us for the comeback. Right. So that's that's what it's about. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. Absolutely. You know, one of the, yeah. one of the things, Andre, is that um, you're a longtime Buffalo Bill. And so... Mm -hmm. You were actually on the last team to win the AFC East title. Can you believe that? You were on the team the last yeah. time the Bills won the AFC East title. So the Buffalo Bills, we know now, are the division champions of 2020, mm -hmm. taking the mm -hmm. reins away from the you know New England Patriots for so many years. But now yeah. when you think about where this team is at, the Buffalo Bills mm -hmm. and that accomplishment, what do you remember about the last time the Bills won the division title? And then what does it do now with them winning this division title in, uh, in 2020? Um, that's, a, that's a great question, Kirk, because we can just we can speak for, for, for eons about that. I think, uh, you know, every team, as soon as they start training camp and they, uh, you know, get the pads on. I mean, they don't get the pads on like they used to. You know that. Right. But um, 
their their whole thing is the first thing. I mean, our coach always used to tell us, just take care, win the division first. Right. And then let the chips fall where they may, you know, if you have a divisional game and then the championship and then going to the Super Bowl. Um, I think uh, when, when Charles McDermott took this team over four years ago, uh, I, I think that not only was the goal, but I think probably in their locker room, there's probably all kinds of sayings going up on that, that kind of thing of winning the division. And, and you alluded the Patriots have won a division for 20 years or 18 years uh, straight, you know, since our, how many years, 10 years straight? Yeah. They have won the division. And it's always been about beating the Patriots, um, not only in that division, but the whole league is always, it was always about how do we get the Patriots out of the Super Bowl? How do we get them out of the playoffs? <laughs> and again, talking to Brandon Bean and talking to Sean McDermott the last four years, uh, and I said this on another Zoom call I was on yesterday, that when he got the job, we had uh, – he had me, Thurman, Jim, Bruce, Daryl, Cornelius, Steve Tasker, all of us in the Buffalo that March. He was hired in March, and I think we went there maybe about a month later. And he wanted to talk with us about how did we keep ourselves together, not only as a team, but how do we go about winning division titles and staying together? Uh, and, and what was the mentality there? Right. So that's really where he started. And one thing that I noticed about him, we were doing all the talking. We had dinner and had a couple glasses of wine and all that stuff. The guy didn't say one word. He was actually writing notes down. And this is really what he envisioned to start his team about, about the mentality. How do we get a championship mentality? Uh, yeah, you got to be great up in the front office, but you need the players to have that same mindset as you. And I think that's uh, that's what he's done. And the Bills are eleven and three, and you got people saying, "Well, they had to eat." There's no such thing as an easy schedule. No, it ain't. NFL. No, they just, uh -uh. they just say that. They just say that just for TV purposes. Right. <laughs> any team can get beaten on any given day. The Rams lost to the Jets. The Jets were zero and thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any given so Sunday. If any team. If any team. If any team can get beaten on every any given day, there you go, right there. And I think they started that foundation of accountability, taking care of yourself mentally, physically. When you come in a building, it's all work. Uh, whatever dealing, you're dealing with outside the building, you keep that outside. And that's how Marv was. You know, Marv wasn't a big talker. And, you know, he, he was a coach of men. And I think that's where McDermott comes in as a great coach because he's coaching men. And not, I'm not. I'm trying to be your friend, or I'm trying to be this, that, that. That's all good and well, but we're all here to win football games. We're here to win division titles. We're here to win Super Bowls and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I think he he started it off right on the right foot of of getting those guys um, in the right frame of mind. And then, obviously, the front office has to make the moves. Uh, they got to draft the right players, and then all of that got to get in a pot, and they got to believe in what's going on in the building. So, um, and I think he's done that. You know, Josh Allen, they drafted three years ago. What else can I say about, about what he's yeah. done this year? <laughs> this guy is – he's a beast. He is – he's a – he's the leader. Um, I think the first couple years in the league, he had to kind of figure himself out. Um, and uh, you figure yourself out, but then you get the right people around you to help you figure yourself out. Yeah. And, and getting Stefan was probably the biggest acquisition 
in the last 10 years there, maybe more. Um, and then Cole Beasley, guys, you know, the guys you just – you just start hard thinking workers, guys. Yeah. Guys, yeah. I, I, I call them uh, guys who like to bring their hard hat, right? Guys who like to yeah, come oh, to yeah. work. They, they bring their hard hat. And, you know, it, it was something. You just mentioned his name. But it's funny that we say this now, Andre. Think about this. I can say Buffalo Bill Pro Bowl quarterback and not have mm-hmm. to mention Jim Kelly for the first time in how many years. Think about that. Buffalo Bill Pro Bowl quarterback and Automatically, right, we're going to say, oh, Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly. No, Buffalo Bill Pro Bowl quarterback Josh Allen. You mentioned what you've seen from him in the early part of his career. But just what what has he meant to that franchise? But more importantly, what right. has he meant to the city? I, I think I think the city, the team has given him the big key. OK. And and uh, you you have to, you know, put the key in the door and unlock it. And okay. uh, is he there yet? I mean, and down the road, you, you, you could say, no, he's not there, but he's definitely – he's in the building right now. And right. I think um, that is a great thing that you said because when you talk about Buffalo Bills football, the first person you talk about is Jim Kelly. Absolutely. And I'm sure over the past – over this past year, that's all the questions that he's been getting. And he's like – you know, he's a, he's a humble guy. And he's like, well, yeah, I know, you know, Jim was the benchmark here. He's a great quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. But I'm here now. And I think he's he's putting that upon himself. And the team sees that. So, uh, you know, this is not Jim Kelly's team. It's Josh Allen's team. Correct. And, and I think the fans um, always revert back to the 90s because it's been so long. It's been so long since they won a division title. It's been so long that they were actually in – really hard contention to win something right so obviously those 90s 90s teams of all the guys come 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 up and uh i want this team to win so bad just you know don't get rid of us you know don't 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 throw us to the side (laughs) but i want them to have their own identity and i think this year they have excuse me they have taken a step to get their own identity and uh that's just a good start for them so now that they have tasted all this you know, you're hoping they build on it every year, every year, every year, regardless how far they go this year. Um, you know, I actually see them making some noise, man. I'm telling you, because of so, all that's been going on, it's it's a weird year. Right. You know, Kansas City's the top dog in the AFC, but if Kansas City isn't on their game, they could lose too. Correct. So they where, could where lose does, too. But that's what I wanted to ask you, though, Andre, is where does this team go from here, right? You They won a division. Can yeah. they would can they win a playoff game though? That's the next part because that's they've the gotten part. to the yeah, playoffs the last you know this season and a couple years ago as well. So we know that they can make it to the playoffs. But now, Andre, the big question is: before we start thinking Super Bowls and conference championships, is this the year that the Buffalo Bills win a playoff game? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, if you look at the the way they played this year, okay, they started off gangbusters and then they they, they kind of dipped a little bit and. Uh, two games, you know, who was it against? They yeah, uh, uh, against the Cardinals. Yeah, again, well, the the rain, the rain against the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on that was that a Friday or a Thursday, whatever that yeah, game that was. Yeah, thir- that was a Thursday. That was a Thursday night, night game. Night that, game. Was a yeah. game. That, that was a that was I just mean, a bad that was a bad game. Rain match. I mean, you throw that one out the yeah. window, but but the only game they lost this year that they really probably shouldn't they 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 got off the plane but they didn't show up was Tennessee. Correct. I will give them that. So they should have won Arizona. That happened on a 
Hail the, Murray. Uh, Hail Mary to a, <laughs> the best to the best receiver in the game. You know. Uh and then, you know, Kansas City, Tennessee, Tennessee. So they should be actually twelve and two. They should be thirteen and one, too, I right. think. But at least twelve and two. So I think um you know, what does a coach say to you after a game like that against Arizona? And then you have all these big games coming up. How do you, right. how do you, you know, what do you say to your football team? You don't say, oh, yeah, that just happened. That was a fluke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's reasons for a lot of things that happen, why you lose. Uh, but I think the difference between this team this year and maybe two, three years ago is, is how they came back from it. How do they just, all right, well, now it's on to the next one. We got to, we got to, we got to do everything better next game instead of saying, well, it was just one play. It happened. Um, we hope that doesn't happen again. Well, yeah, we yeah. hope that doesn't happen again too, but you got to do the things to not let that happen. So um, I think, uh, you know, this team is, has uh, learned a lot in three, four years in yeah. three years since Josh has been there. And, you know, Josh is not making that mistake to lose the game like he did two, three years ago. Yeah. You know, when he first came in the league and, and plus, you know, you're only as good to a certain point as your coordinator. You court, I mean, you go out and play. Yeah. But your coordinator is going to put you in situations. That's offense and defense where um, you're you're going to maximize your best players at the right time. I, I don't know and, how long Buffalo is going to keep Brian Dayball as an offensive coordinator, too, Andre. Yeah. You, know, you start well, having success all of a sudden now, boom. Yeah, right. Everybody starts right, plucking right. away. <laughs> and the next progression is to be a head coach. That's what Correct. most coordinators want to be. Yeah. So, uh, but then again, some coaches love where they're at. They love they love their team, and they don't they don't want to go anywhere because they know what they have there. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. But I think uh, they the last two three years they have ever since Brian Dable's been there they have they they have dogged them out to a certain point. Yeah. And you know what? Every team has bandwagon jumpers, and every team you have naysayers, and every team is this, every team is that. Um, I mean, you don't hear nobody say that about the Chiefs. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You don't hear nobody talking about the, the Chiefs have a subpar game. You don't hear them talking about Mahomes and all those guys. No. It's about the coach. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, just very proud of what they've done in the front office. Uh, and, and, again, going into the playoffs, I would love to see them run the ball more because they really need to use both their guys. They need to use Zach and Devin, and Devin a little yeah. bit more in the offense just to keep people off off balance. Um, and his defense really stepped up. You know, against Pittsburgh, they step up. Against uh, who they they just played. Uh, uh, they, 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 yeah, they step up against Pittsburgh, and they yeah. stepped up uh, against Denver. They stepped up against these teams that, uh, that uh, have pretty good offenses, you know, can, yeah. can, can score some points. So they're gelling at the right time. And defense, you have to have defense, especially this time of year. But when I think of Buffalo Bills 1990s football, I'm always thinking that number 83 brought the swag, though, right? Number 83 wide receiver Andre Reed brought the swagger. He brought that confidence. And he was a part of the team that that gave you guys a little bit of flash, right? A, a little bit of, a, of the big play. And now I think to the 2020 version, and I'm like, Number 14 reminds me of that same confidence and swagger that you brought. And Stefan Diggs has come over, and to me, he's been, I think, the pickup of the offseason around the NFL. What of this course. offense looks like now with Stefan Diggs than what it looked like last year, 
I oh, see yeah. so many similarities between you and Stephon Diggs and what he's just meant to this offense. Yeah, and you know, it's it's what he did in Minnesota. You know what he did in Minnesota. We can't we can't uh, throw that in the in the trash. He he was a right. great player there, and you know I think he's a confident kid, young confident kid. Um, he he brought that swag uh, to Buffalo. Um, I was on the actually I was on a, a call with Thurman two days ago, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about you know we all talk with each other about things, and you know we're proud of this team, no doubt about it. And we talked about him. We talked about a lot of things, and. I just said, you know, this this dude really likes to chatter. He, he likes to, you know, I wasn't the chatter. I wasn't the chatterbox. I wasn't right. like the guy that would, you know, catch a ball and spin it and do all this other stuff. I just knew that the next play was to be made. I had to make the next play, whatever that was. And, right. and some guys are just like that. But Stefan is a is a he's a very confident chatterbox. And <laughs> guess what? That's just his game. Right. That's his game too. I mean. Um, you know, back in 1985, when I came in, in the league, there was no social media. So, right. you know, you could do something and they can make a meme out of it or they could do this or they could do that. So, you know, a lot of those guys think about that stuff, too. You know, what Juju does, he should have never did that. Right. Definitely. All the things that Juju does on the, on the, uh, at the field, on the emblem there, that's, I don't know, he might have to stop that. But I think uh, he makes everybody else better. For yeah. him. And I think... Cole Beasley doesn't say that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you talk to Cole, it's like trying to get a, you know, trying to get a, a blood out of stone. He don't yeah. talk that much. Well, you know, he's playing when with he a goes, chip on his shoulder from what happened in Dallas, right? So he's, yeah. he's so got he that chip. Yeah, he goes out and produces, and he's like, well, it's third and eight. I got to get 10. If I get 12, that's good. Right. That's even better. And that's what he does. And that's a great option for Josh uh, in bad weather. He's very good in that. So... Uh, and then John Brown, who's been hurt a little bit this year. Um, I think Gabriel Davis has really done a great job as a rookie. Um, their tight ends have played well. A couple guys have caught touchdowns that you don't even know of. Um, so, you know, he has a, a pretty good group of guys that love the game and love to play. And um, we're going to need that definitely going down the stretch here. I don't know uh, if they can get a higher seed, the number two now. No, I think they're kind of locked in at that seed just because of where – Pittsburgh is Kansas City's probably yeah. locked it all up. So yeah, they was, can't. They can't. They're, they're not going to get. They're not going to definitely get the number one seed. But so it's just about staying will, healthy. Yeah, staying healthy and getting your guys in and out of there when you can. Um, it's uh, definitely definitely what that team, what um, Sean McDermott should do, um, and uh, resting guys maybe the last right. game of the year. Yeah, you know, we did that a couple times in our career, in my career. We rested guys and uh, got ready for the playoffs. But uh, there, you've been to Buffalo. You know them. Them fans oh, yeah. are pretty hype. I love it. Yeah, you know. I mean, there was five. Th- there was five thousand of them out there on Sunday, Saturday night at the airport, and it was probably ten degrees outside. Oh, I already know. You know, you know. <laughs> where else? Where else? Where else are you gonna get that? I remember when my last two years, you know, I spent in Buffalo, and I remember we went five and two that one year. We came off the plane, and we were five and two. We had about a couple hundred people out there. I'm like, it's just different there. And so I tell people all of that because I want them to realize that, you know, Buffalo Bill football is different than other places that I've ever been to. Anywhere. Like, it is unique. It is like a college atmosphere. And it kind of leads me to my last question because – 
1985, you're drafted number 86 overall in the fourth round, seven-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer, and all that. But where the heck is Cutstown College at, man? Like, like I'm thinking that Andre Reed didn't went to like it's Alabama, right here, LSU. What's the? I'm like, that, I'm thinking that he didn't went to one of these wide receiving universities, and then all of a sudden, Cutstown University. I'm saying I didn't have to. <laughs> it, it is, it is a, it's about an hour and a half uh, south, probably southwest of Philly. Okay. Um, how many students? What about five hundred? How many students y'all have there? I had one. Me, that was it. Uh, <laughs> no, back when I went to school there in the eighties, in the mid eighties, well, the early eighties, right? You know, it's it's a te- it was a te- it was actually Kutztown State Teachers College before it changed to you know it was always a university, but it became right. Kutztown University. Um, so back then, you know, undergrad graduate students maybe was five thousand. Wow. But see, but the funny thing about this, there's smaller schools than that. There's schools that play football that have maybe 3,000 total students, like Lane College, you know, HBCU. Yeah, I know Lane, HBCU, yeah, Lane College, yeah. Lane Lane doesn't got a lot of students, you know, so it was a big, for me, and it was 45 minutes down the road from where I live, like 40 minutes. Uh And as a young kid, 18 years old, I I was, and I always say this, uh, and I said this, in, in my Hall of Fame speech, I was so connected with home. I was so close to home that I didn't want to be too far from it. Right. You know, some kids go to college and they're on the East Coast and they go co- college out here on the West Coast. They're like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. But I had that, you know, that draw of, of the house always pulled me uh, close to home. And I could go home on the weekends right after the game. I could do this. I could do that. So I was always drawn to home for some reason. But um, yes, a very unique college. A lot of kids from Philly went there. Uh, a lot of kids from my area in, in uh, that part of Pennsylvania. Um, a Cal Tipping school. I don't know if you ever went Cal Tipping. Cal Tipping. <laughs> uh, I've I've heard of it. I've never done it before, but I've heard of it. Living in the yeah in in, in California and driving through parts of California. Yeah. When people say so Cal people Tipping, that are watching, uh-uh. if, if they they probably heard the term Cal Tipping and they wanted to know what that means to a certain point. So cows sleep standing up. Correct. Most of them sleep standing up. And you would just uh, sneak up around them or whatever and run into them and they would just fall right over because they're in a, they're in a uh, kind of relaxed comatose up in their mind. So they're right. just standing yeah. there yeah. sleeping. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, some, some maybe not be sleeping. So, right. You know, I don't know what, a, I don't know if a cow comes running at you, what you're going to do, but I think something that weighs 2,000 more pounds than me, I'm going to run a little bit. Yeah. But especially if you disturb me sleeping. But, uh, you know, one thing about that college, it was the, the atmosphere. I was able to get into, you know, play football. The coach said to me I'm, I was going to maybe play right away as a freshman. Right. I was a quarterback in high school, um, and I thought I was going to play quarterback, but they had a quarterback there for another year or two yet. And – the offensive coordinator coordinator changed my whole football life. And he said, uh, well, we've been watching these reel-to-reel black and white films on you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And uh, we know that you can run when you get the ball in your hands. Okay. And uh, because we were option, kind of option quarterback, option type of offense in in high school. 
He goes, what, what do you think about making a, you know, switching a receiver? Because we really could use your skills at that position. And I was like, I don't, I don't know, but if I just want to play. So, okay, fine. Let me, let me know. And I had, other than playing with my brothers and people at the park across the street, you think you're, you know, you think you're Lynn Swan or you think you're, you know, <laughs> Steve Largen or whatever. Right. Or you think you're, yeah. Yeah. I had no receiver skills. I couldn't, I didn't know how to run routes except at the park. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, I just want to play. And as a freshman, they changed me to, they, they switched me to receiver and that, you know, 35 years, 40 years later. The best decision is, you ever made. Great. Yeah, best decision you ever made, man. That's yeah. Uh, that's a cool story, Andre. Man, I I appreciate that. But more importantly, I uh, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're a busy guy, and now with the Buffalo Bills heading to the playoffs and hopefully a long playoff run, I know I'm be yeah. seeing uh I'm, I'm gonna be seeing uh Andre Reed all over the place, man. I know I'm gonna see him. Yeah, so. I tell you this, man. They go this team. I'm just just mark my word now. This team. This team even just go – they go to the championship game. They just go to the championship game. I'm telling you right now, Buffalo is going to be – Niagara Falls might just stop. <laughs> I love it, man. One of the best places and only, on and the – only, hey, only God can stop that. Absolutely, man. <laughs> and Niagara Falls is my butt. But, again, the fans have been so instrumental in that team's success uh, this year and definitely the years that I played there. Uh, they are the heart and beat, the beaten, you know, they're the heartbeat, you know, yeah. the Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. They're the heartbeat of that place. I mean, it's it's pretty good when the team buys the rights to that name. You have to. Yeah. And it's all, and all started, no and it all started with just a couple fans just getting it all together and said, acting fools. And they said, you know what? We're a family. Throwing themselves off of Winnebago's on the, <laughs> on the chair, on the uh, tables and squirting each other with, with, ketchup and mustard and all of on fire and all that <laughs> i'm actually going to do that i just want you to know i'm actually going to do that for fan duel okay all right i'm not going to be on fire right i'm going to be on fire but i'm going to be looking out andre i'm going to be looking out but, for it man but this is going to be a great thing because these the people the buffalo fans aren't going to they're not going to know what's going on i'm just going to jump off a table or jump off something <laughs> right onto a table so yeah i can't wait man hey i appreciate having you andre i look forward to talking to you soon possibly you know when the season's over and hopefully we'll yes. be talking about a buffalo bills championship all right Dude, let me tell you it would be awesome man Teresa says hello too all right then tell her i said hello as well man appreciate it, brother. it thanks andre you got it guys Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. Each week, we chat with the players, coaches, and executives who have helped grow the game of basketball around the world, like Toronto Raptors championship winning coach Nick Nurse. I, I always say this. I, I, I don't know why I picked this number, Fran, but I always say the X and O stuff's about 15% of the job. It really yeah. is. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, man, again, man, appreciate Andre Reed, man, one of the best. Uh, known that dude for a long time. Like I said, I spent my last two years in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills, and um, I had knew him beforehand, but being a Bill, he would always talk about it. But once I got up there, I truly understood everything that he was talking about. So, again, thanks to Andre Reed for joining us. Just a couple performances that I wanted to hit on for Week 15. Number one, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, Ryan Tannehill has been – 
He's been tearing it up. He's been doing awesome. But the one thing about Ryan Tannehill is what? I feel like he's been getting overshadowed by Derrick Henry. When we talk Tennessee Titans football, we're not talking Ryan Tannehill. We're talking about Big King Henry. We're talking about number 22. But you cannot deny what Ryan Tannehill has been doing. Remember he got the big contract this offseason and a lot of people scratched their head and said, really? You're going to pay Ryan Tannehill that much? I don't hear people talking about it that same contract right now. People may be saying, wow, they got a bargain. Look, the, this week the Pro Bowl was released. Okay, three quarterbacks from the AFC. I don't have to mention Patrick Mahomes. We know that he was a starter. Second quarterback, I just mentioned, Buffalo Bills Pro Bowl quarterback, Josh Allen, just to, that, you know, talking with Andre Reid. But the third quarterback was Deshaun Watson. And I said, man, I would have loved to put a 3A or a 3B. Okay, 3A, Deshaun Watson, 3B, you know, to me, could have been Ryan Tannehill. Or you could have flipped the two. You look at the numbers, I think very similar. But I look at what the performance week in and week out that Ryan Tannehill has. And I feel like he wasn't given the same amount of credit <clears throat> like a Deshaun Watson was because he has Derrick Henry. And so I'm giving him my Pro Bowl nod. He gets the Kirk Morrison AFC Pro Bowl nod because I see the work that he's putting in every week. But most importantly, last week, they put up 46 points against the Detroit Lions. Ryan Tannehill threw for 273 and three touchdowns, but he also rushed for two more touchdowns. So how many is that? Five. Five touchdowns he accounted for. That's the first time they had a quarterback account for five touchdowns in almost, what, 16, 17 years. Can you name the quarterback? No, it wasn't Vince Young, because we're talking about a little bit older than that. So that's Billy Volick was the last time that the Tennessee Titans, uh, I don't even know they was the Titans then. They could have still been the Houston Oilers for all I know was the last time they've had a quarterback account for five touchdowns. But that's just the performance that Ryan Tannehill has been able to do. He's very complimentary. He compliments Derrick Henry, I think, the best. They both work well in unison. You can hand off the ball to Derrick, and we know what he's going to do. But then do you have a quarterback that can make a play when sometimes a play is not there to be made, right? A lot of times we look at a lot of quarterbacks around the league. I know I do. And there's quarterbacks who are great in the pocket. But if you ask them to make a play when there's nothing there, can they do that? It's very rare, right? We look at Mahomes. We look at, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, Deshaun Watson, we talked about. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, right? Quarterbacks that can extend a play and do things that you wouldn't expect. That's what Ryan Tannehill does. And he's asked to do that, I think maybe four or five times a game. And why is he asked to do that? Because look, sometimes you can't run the ball to Derrick Henry when it's third and 10, when it's third and 11, third and seven, third and five. You need your quarterback to go out and make a play. And that's been Ryan Tannehill all season long. The Tennessee Titans are 10 and four, coming off of last year's playoff appearance, or last year's even conference championship appearance, if we threw that in there. And we said, could this team, you know, be better? Could they get back to the championship game? Because when you start to look at the landscape of the AFC, I believe now in Ryan Tannehill. Even I'm not saying, I won't, actually, let me just take that back. I've always believed in Ryan Tannehill when he, since he's been with the Titans, when you watched him last year. But I believe that my belief has grown even more so watching it. They have an identity. 
Okay, they have an identity in, in in Tennessee. They have an identity through their running game, but also through their quarterback. And also, they have an outstanding defense, and that's the reason why they're ten and four, double digit win season. They hadn't done that in twelve seasons. In 08, well, Vince Young was the quarterback, I think, back then in 2008. But they became the fifth team in NFL history to have five straight games, everybody. Five straight games with 420 yards plus and 30 points. Yes, the same team that I'm saying can run the ball, play, you know, for time of possession, ball control. That's what we're supposed to think of with Tennessee. But yet, when you're putting up that kind of points, 30 plus, you're just not a ball control, run the ball, play keep away type of team. I think that's the part we're not talking about enough. They can score points. And so what if it is a shootout with Pittsburgh, Kansas City, even Buffalo? That dude, Ryan Tannehill, man, watch out. I'm telling you, he may be the guy this year that may be pulling off the upsets even more so than he did a year ago. He didn't get credit for those upsets last year. It was all about Derrick Henry. They start upsetting teams in the playoffs. You got to get credit to my Pro Bowl quarterback, one of my three AFC quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill. That's how winning is done. I'm going to flip it over to the NFC because I think we know about some of the teams already. We know Green Bay's at the, at the, at the top of the NFC. Drew Brees is back with New Orleans, but they're still a playoff team, right? We know that, and nothing changes. You still have to like the likes. I mean, you look at the likes of Seattle, playoff team. I think Buccaneers are playoff team. Rams will have their opportunity to get to the playoffs. You know, you look at Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. They're right there on the cusp of a playoff appearance. But the Chicago Bears? Let me say that again, man. <laughs> the Chicago Bears? Trying to, they trying to moonwalk. They trying to backpedal their way on into the playoffs. The Chicago Bears are seven and seven. They've, you know, got off to the nice little start, but man, what they lose four, five, six games in a row, and you start scratching your head. You saying, "Oh my goodness!" And they go back to Mitch Trubisky, and I'm like, "Okay, first of all, why'd you even switch from him? That's number one." Sometimes quarterbacks go through things, but you are winning with him. Teams like rally around quarterbacks when they know that sometimes they may have limitations. But when you go away from Mitch, then you go back to Mitch Trubisky. Oh, and now you winning back to back games. Now you in the hunt. You setting yourself up for that. You got to roll with Mitch Trubisky come next year. You might have to get a contract. What if this team gets to the playoffs? But the guy who they're relying on more so than anything has been David Montgomery, the running back. And last week, they relied on David Montgomery. They they Basically, they went on the road to Minnesota and said, look, we're not going to throw this ball across the ball yard. Mitch Trubisky, uh, last week, only had, what, 21 attempts? 21 attempts. It was about the running game. And it was about David Montgomery. They rushed the ball as a team 42 times. That's a lot of care. 42 attempts for the Chicago Bears last week. But it was the 32 carries by David Montgomery that really got this team to victory. And what was it about those carries? 
they were all downhill decisive runs. David Montgomery making guys miss in the hole because that's what teams are gonna do. They're gonna put eight men, nine men, 10 men in the box. Hell, if I was a defensive coordinator, I would too. I would make Mitch Trubisky beat me with his arm. But when you're able to beat guys the way that David Montgomery was able to, that was a solid performance. 146 yards, two touchdowns, but it was him smelling the end zone. It was breaking through the line of scrimmage, then getting to the outside while making guys miss and getting in for touchdowns. You see, it's one thing to crowd the box, but it's one thing for a running back to defeat the crowded box and to go out and be able to find pay dirt, which is what he did. He outdueled, and I, I wanna make sure you guys listen to this. He outdueled who? Dalvin Cook. And we know Dalvin Cook has been one of the best runners in the NFL this year. To me, possibly could be a uh, a, a low-key, can I say that? A low-key MVP type pick, but he outrushed Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook had 132, David Montgomery had 146, now and two touchdowns. So on the big stage, the Chicago Bears have fought their way into playoff contention. They're what they call, and I throw up my air quotes here, in the hunt. They're in the hunt because of David Montgomery and also Mitch Trubisky. It's a one-two running game, right? Could it be the poor man's version of the team I just talked about, the Tennessee Titans, right? It's the NFC West. I mean, sorry, it's the NFC version, right? Uh, you have Montgomery, you have Trubisky, but is it possible that this is the right combination? And is it possible that they got it right at the end? See, that's what I love about the NFL. So many times people do what? They just rule teams out like, oh, they're just not good. They can't do. And then you think about it is sometimes it takes a while to figure it out. But once you figure it out, man, it's special. And that's what I'm seeing from the Chicago Bears. They've been able to transform the defense. Number one, David Montgomery's healthy. But number two, they understand that look, you're not going to win games throwing the ball 100 plus times with Mitch Trubisky. Utilize his athleticism. Let him run eight or nine times. Keep the defense honest. But just his threat of running the football, which is last week he had eight carries for 34 yards, just the threat of Trubisky running it, you have to keep an extra eyeball on him. And that extra eyeball that's on Trubisky is one less guy trying to attack David Montgomery and that's what has led to two back-to-back -back victories. They've beaten Houston, they've beaten Minnesota, and in both games, David Montgomery's rushed for over 100 yards. And look who they have coming up in week 16. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Woo yeah, I'm not saying that uh, David Montgomery and the Bears about to roll them, but I am saying that David Montgomery and the Bears are about to roll the Jaguars because what are the Jaguars playing for, right? Honestly, which leads me to some of my final thoughts here because it's part of the my, my upsets this week or last week, I'm sorry, week 15, right? Because that's the big thing that stuck out to me about week 15. There were two double digit underdogs that took care of business, big underdogs. The New York Jets at 0-13 went to LA. They beat the Rams. They beat them. Now they are 1-13. And the Rams are embarrassed all week. 
because they lost to a team that had no wins that people thought were tanking. And by the way, the NFL, there is no tanking by players. There's tanking by organizations. Organizations can do things to tank. Players don't tank. Trust me. I, I've just never, when people say, oh, they're tanking. Look, I'm a former player. I went 2-14 and 14 in this league once. Just understand, every one time I went out there, I'm not thinking in the back of my mind, God, I need to play bad so we can get a high draft pick. No, that is just not the case. But teams can put players in that necessarily don't have the right talent that is, you know, going against a team with superior talent. And that's how you can lose. So I, I've seen both sides of it, everybody. But the Jets beat the Rams. And everybody was like, oh, no, what are the Rams? I mean, what are the Jets doing? They just cost themselves an opportunity to get Trevor Lawrence and the number one pick. But I've said the football gods don't like that. Why would you do the football guys like that? The gods like that. Why would you lose on purpose to get a high draft pick? I look at Miami. They didn't do that. Remember, a lot of people say, that, oh, Miami's tanking a couple years ago when Brian Flores took over. I said, no, the football gods will be in your favor. And look at the Miami Dolphins now. This week, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They'll take on the Raiders, one of the games I can't wait to watch. But as much as people said the Jets, how did they beat the Rams? I saw a game on Monday night that even made the Rams feel a little bit better about what happened. Because the Cincinnati Bengals, another double-digit underdog, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers have now lost three in a row. Which once was, everybody said, oh, this is a possible AFC championship team. No longer. So to me, my, my just my thoughts on this are that on any given Sunday, any team in the NFL can be beat. There are no for sure wins. There are no guarantees. You got to go out there and you got to play the game. And that's what I love about it. Because I've been an underdog. I've been a favorite. And they're both the same. You go out there, you play hard. I always learn this. Sometimes you may not be playing for the name on the front of the jersey. Right? Sometimes... No matter what you do, I learned this from one of my older players, older veterans. He said, regardless of what you do, you still represent the name on the back of your jersey. Right? The name on the back of the jersey means a lot. And you never want to disrespect that name, regardless of what you feel or what people may say. You give everything that you got, because that's the only thing that you do have when it comes to the football field, is the name on the back of the jersey. Right When people watch on tape or if people watching, no matter what, this tape lasts forever. Games last forever. Now I was just talking with my producer, Chris Tyler, earlier a little bit about going to NFL films. And when you go to NFL films, they have every NFL game. Sometimes they don't have audio. So what do they have? They have the actual video of the game. And you see the players' names on the back. So your resume is attached to the back name on your jersey and you never want to have bad tape so that's why there is no tanking in the nfl because guys are always going to play hard and we'll see what happens this week right teams are playing hard the final two weeks of the nfl season christmas week one of the more distracting weeks of the nfl how do these teams handle it i can't wait to talk about that that'll be on the week 16 edition of the total coverage podcast Whew, that's all I have for today, everybody. This week, week 15 is in the books. Week 16 is approaching. We'll have a, we have a Christmas game, by the way. Can you believe that? A Christmas game. Minnesota 
in, in New Orleans, I believe, we got a Christmas game this week. I never thought I would say the NFL on Christmas, but yeah, that's what we got. Minnesota at New, at New Orleans. Then we got some Saturday games, Buccaneers, Lions, 49ers, Cardinals. I just mentioned Dolphins at Raiders. That's going to be fun in the full slate of Sunday games. And I can't wait to wrap it all up with you next week on the week 16 edition of the Total Coverage Podcast. Remember, you can find the Total Coverage Podcast on the new SiriusXM app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. Remember, subscribe, rate, and make sure you throw me a uh, throw me a comment or two. Always, you can tweet at me, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. Always loving hearing your thoughts and uh, in your comments. And maybe I missed something. If I do, just let me know. We'll take care of it on the next edition of the Total Coverage Podcast. Uh, for myself, Kirk Morrison. For my producer, Chris Tyler, man. This has been Total Coverage Week 15. Catch y'all Week 16. Good football, y'all. Serious XM Podcasts.